You are Jehovah Jireh. There is none like you, Lord. And Father, to the all-wise and living God, we give you the glory and the praise. For you deserve it. No other deserve it but you, God. And we bless your holy name. We bless your name. Oh, God, we bless your name. Oh, God, we bless your name. Oh, great Jehovah, we bless your name. Oh, great mighty God, we bless your name. Ella, we bless your name, God. Oh, God, we put a blessing on your name today. God, we lift you up high in this place, and we bless your holy name. For you have declared, God, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto God. We bless and lift your name. Be high and exalted in this place. Be seated and enthroned on the hearts of your people. God, we bless you. God, we bless you. God, we bless you. In Jesus' mighty name, we do pray. Come on, bless the Lord. One good time. Come on, bless the Lord. Come on, bless the Lord. Come on, bless him like it's your last time. Come on, give him the final blessing. Hallelujah. Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. It is so and it is settled in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. There's a glory cloud in this place. There's a glory cloud in this place. There's a glory cloud. We should follow the cloud. Follow his presence. The cloud represents God's presence. Follow the cloud and not the crowd. You, you got to follow him. For he'll lead you into all truth and righteousness. Follow him. I know you're following folk on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all of those things. But you need to follow Jesus. Because man will lead you astray. You know, I, I just feel this in my spirit. Because I want to free you up this morning. It is our jobs as leaders to lead you. But it is your job as a follower to make sure we don't lead you astray. <laughs> Y'all missed that. It is our job to lead you, but you have an assignment as well. It's to make sure we don't lead you astray. Oh, the pastor had me go down. No, 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 no. You chose to follow. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So when the leader is following him and you are following the leader, then you're in a good position. Touch your neighbor and say, you're in a good position. And watch this. When you have a tendency to go astray, it is no one's fault but your own. Hallelujah. Who put your shoes on this morning? Hello? Did someone come and assist you in putting your shoes on? Did someone tell you to put left in front of right as you entered into this sanctuary? No, you conducted that all of your own. So when you're following the leader, you have to make sure that you're making the right choice. You have the ultimate decision at the end of it all to say, I'm going the way God wants me to go. Hallelujah. Clap your hands. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. 
To our first time, second time, and reoccurring guests, for those of you who are here in the sanctuary for the very first second, or maybe you've been here time and time again, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. And, and you had not yet joined here with Elevate Church, I'm speaking to you right now. Welcome. Tell your neighbor, I'm re- Tell your other neighbor, I'm ready for the word. Ask your neighbor, are you ready for the word? Somebody shout, I'm ready. Now, with your best T.D. Jakes voice, throw your head back and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. Amen and amen. Y'all almost sounded like him. Amen. Jump to your feet if you would. We're going to 1 Kings chapter number 18. 1 Kings chapter number 18, as well as 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Try to hit you with something right quick, and then we'll get up on out of here and make way for our 1115 service. 1 Kings 18. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Make our faith declaration. If you have it, say, I have it. If you're still looking, say, I'm looking. Wait for me to put it on the screen. Say, thank you, Jesus. That is entirely too many of y'all. B-Y-O-B, not your own bottle, but your Bible. Bring your own Bible. Amen. Today I'll be taught the word of God. My spirit is ready. And my mind is sharp. I believe the word. The word is truth. It is without error. I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. I am redeemed. I'm the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. Shout again, no sickness nor disease shall come near my home. I'm more than a conqueror. I love it. Tell your neighbor you have victory. Shout out more than a conqueror. I am rich. Wealth and riches. Shall be in my house. Shout again, wealth and riches. Shall be in my house. Prophesy that over your neighbor. Say, wealth and riches. Shall be in your house. Shout, I'm blessed to be a blessing. My house is blessed. My marriage is blessed. My children are blessed. My church is blessed. I am blessed. Now shout, amen. We're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Then we'll go Old Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 25. Hallelujah. So that there should be no division in the body. That there should be no division in the body. But that is, parts should have equal concern for each other. I'm in the NIV. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, then every part rejoices with it. Now you have the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And if God has placed in the church first all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kind of tongues. 
Ask your neighbor, what kind of tongue do you have? <laughs> oh, God. I'll deal with that some other time. He God. Or what are you using your tongue for? <laughs> oh, God. First Kings. I don't want to get in trouble. First Kings chapter number 18. Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. They said nothing. If God is God, follow him. And if Baal is your God, then follow him. And the people said nothing. Father, now in the name of Jesus, make, let us make a decision today of whom we shall follow. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I told you on last week, what you thirst for will eventually shape your desires. What you thirst for will eventually shape your desires. What you thirst for is the thing that you'll go after. That is the thing you will press and pursue in your life to reach and to obtain. What you are thirsty for will shape your desire. That is the thing that will wake you up in the night and say, I got to have it. If, if, if you're thirsty for water, you'll wake up and your desire will pull you out of bed in the middle of the night just to get water. If, if, if you desire some beverage, whatever type of beverage it is, it, it will pull you. That would become your desire and it will pull you and drag you. Watch this into places that you really don't want to go. And you're wondering why you keep falling in the same rut in the same places is because you had thirst for a thing that has become your desire. And now that desire is pulling you. It's pulling you. You can't help yourself. It's drawing you and pulling you. That's why you have to make sure you become the desire of the Lord so you can be pulled into him. That's why you got to thirst for him. Thirst after righteousness. For he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be. That's the ultimate thirst quencher. It's to be in the Lord. But today I want to talk about the church. Not just the church, but the church of Jesus Christ, Amen. the ecclesia. Because when we think about church, the first thing that comes to mind is a religion, a denomination or a building. It's the first thing that comes to mind. But the church is more than just a denomination, a religion, a theology, a doctrine or a building. It is the body. Amen. It is the body. And the church, the ecclesia. It's formed from two terms, Greek terms, ecclesia. Uh, one of the terms means to be an assembly. Another one is to be the called out ones. Somebody shout, I've been called out. So the church itself is what God established. You know, when Jesus asked Peter or the disciples, who do men say that I am? And Peter makes this faith declaration given to him by no one but the spirit of God directly from the throne of grace. He said, thou art the Christ. Jesus tells him, of course, Peter, you are no longer Simon, Peter, shifty rock. No longer will you waver between two opinions. No longer will you practice idolatry and serve in false temples and false gods. He said, today you have been established solidly upon the word. 
So no longer are you sift, uh, shifty and sifty going between two, vacillating between two opinions. Today you're solid. Oh, God, I know you heard it because I heard it in my spirit too. Solid, solid as a rock. I'm trying to shake this R&B spirit, but it won't let me go. God wants you to be solid and established in his word. And he said, of course, and the gates of hell shall not prevail, not the church established on Peter, but established on this revelation that Jesus Christ is Lord. So now we have all of these establishments of denominations and religions and churches and church buildings. And we have been so segregated and divided because we think that our church is the church and there is no other church. The devil is a lie. The church is established on the revelation that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. That's the ecclesia. It's the assembly. It's the gathering of the believers. It's us coming together that makes the body of Christ. Can you say amen to that? We are the body. We are the church. And here it is. In every generation, God will raise up an apostolic voice to bring some correction and rebuke to the body. In every generation, God will raise up an apostolic voice to come and bring some correction to the error of which the church has fallen themselves into. And I believe on this morning, God wants to correct some things. Tell your neighbor, we're about to get it right. Tell your other neighbor, we're about to get it right. Tell your neighbor, I'm about to get it right. I got, I got to get it right because here it is. The world is running from the church is because we're not running to be the church. The world doesn't want to come into the establishment of the four walls of the church because we don't look like the church. Ah. So today I want to talk real briefly. I'm going to try to give you 10 good hot minutes. Somebody shout, you can do it. Thank you for the encouragement. We're going from tents to tabernacles. We're going from tents to tabernacles. Last week we went from buckets to wells, but today we're going from tents to tabernacle. We're going from a temporary state of being to a permanent state. We're going from a, a, just being a Monday or a Sunday type of Christian to being a everyday type of Christian. We're going from a temporary state to a permanent state. That when God established his church, he didn't establish his church to be a temporary dwelling or indwelling of the people. He wants to dwell in you permanently. God wants to be the one that resides in you permanently, not just come as a weekend dad, visit you on the weekends and won't see you until next month. No, that is not the God we serve. God wants to take up a bold residency on the inside of you. So wherever you go, he goes. That whenever he needs to direct, he can direct. He don't have to come in and get permission and say, hey, can I come in to change some things? No, he's already there. Are you hearing me? So we're going from tents to being tabernacles. We have said in the church, and here it is, what the Spirit of the Lord begins to deal with me about. We have said in the church, and we have now we have canonized this statement is that I am the church. I don't need to go to church. I am the church. You probably said it, and I have been guilty myself. I am the church. Hear this, beloved. You are not the church individually. You are a member, but you are not the church. It is when the church assembles together. 
then we become the church. It, it is when we assemble together. It's like the Transformers. When the pieces come together, they make one big Megatron. It's, 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 it's not you by yourself. You can't run around and say, I am the church. Because this is what has happened is we go around, we say, I am the church. And then people hear that and they say, well, I don't need to go to church. I can have church at home. The ecclesia is the assembly of the body. And you by yourself alone, you are not the church. You are a member. It is like if you were to go and take a brick out of your house and you would lay that brick on the ground and you would say, that's the house. Look at my house. Ain't it beautiful? One brick does not make the house. One brick does not make the establishment of the church. And you are part of the church, but you are not the church. You are only the church when the body comes together. When we assemble together, then you are the church. Somebody shout, I'm the church. So we got to fix that thing. I'm going to give you a word because here it is. First Corinthians chapter 12 says, now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. Each one of you are a part of it. So we're each a part of the body of Christ. And Paul, as I speak to a close, Paul is in the Ephesians jail yet again for preaching the gospel. And he pins this letter to the Ephesians. Paul, Paul is that type of uh, cousin, you, you know, uh, well, maybe just in my family, you know, every now and then you get that phone call. Uh, you have a collect call from the East Baton Rouge Paris Correctional Center. Would you like to accept? You know, you got that one cousin that go in and out of jail. That's Paul. Apostle Paul. He's in jail again and he pins this letter as he has pinned to so many churches. And as he is pending this letter to the church, he is getting the church straight on what the church should look like. He, he's getting the church together on what the church should look like. In Ephesians chapter number four, Apostle Paul says, as a prisoner of the Lord, I then urge you to live a life worthy of your calling you have received. Somebody shout, I've been called. Many are called, but few are cho chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Nevertheless, you've been called. You may not have been chosen for this assignment or that assignment, but you are called. And few are chosen. Not that not everybody won't get selected, but you may not get selected for the same assignment that your neighbor has. But many are called and few are chosen. Be co completely humbled and gentle. Be patient, bearing with another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one. Somebody shout one. One body and one spirit. Just as we were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Somebody shout one. One God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Somebody shout he's in me. You know what's in you eventually come out of you. If you have hate in your heart, eventually you will hate outside of your heart. 
It, whatever you're filled with would eventually flow out of you. Out of the abundance of the heart speaketh the mouth. But each of you, each one of us has grace that has been given, that has been apportioned by Christ. This is why it is said when he ascended on high, he took many captives and hath given gifts to his people. What does the what does he ascend mean except that he also descended into the lower parts of the earthly region? He who descended is the very one who ascended high than uh, than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Oh, boy, I'll come back that, to that later. So Christ himself, catch it, gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers he gave himself, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. He gave himself, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. He gave himself, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. The denomination did not give you the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors. Nor the teachers. A man did not give you the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors. It was nobody but Jesus. And he gave, watch, catch it. He gave this as a gift to the body. Somebody shout, we have gifts. We call those gifts the fivefold ministry. And here's the error the church has also created is we have made those gifts as offices in the body, as positions and titles, but they are gifts. Tell your neighbor, you are a gift. Yeah, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some teachers, pastors, and some teachers. Now, now hear this. Some of you who have been with us for a while, you have heard me say this. He has given some, not in some as a specific quantity. Five apostles, ten prophets. No, not, not in a number, not numerically. He has given some, watch this, in a portion too. So you have a portion. You have a portion. So on the inside of you is a portion of apostles. On the inside of you is a portion of a prophet. In the side of you is a portion of an evangelist, a pastor, and a teacher. We all have some as a gift from God. Now, if you back up into Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 1, it says that he has given us grace, and he has apportioned these gifts off. So now on the inside of you, you have all five. Somebody shout, I got five. Jesus put five on it. I got five on it. He's put five on it. Each of you got five. And and, and of of those five, you have a greater grace of the five. You have a greater grace of the five. So you may walk out as a prophet. You have grace on that prophet that God has placed on the inside of you as a gift. You, You may be a teacher of the word. You have a greater grace of that gift on the inside of you. But you have all five. You know why you have all five? Ask your neighbor, why do you have five? That's a good question. The reason why you have all five is God wants to be able to use you in any area that he needs to use you at any time he would like to use you. 
So he'll come tugging and pulling on that which he has given you, that gift. He says, I need that gift of a prophet. So you'll be in Walmart and your mouth will open and you'll begin to prophesy. You, you, you will be down there in the mall and people be hurting because they have lost a loved one. And God says, I need you to pastor them. They need comfort. They need direction. And I need to tug on that gift I have placed in on the inside of you. I need the gift. I gave it to you. Now I need it. You may be an evangelist and have grace on your life. And people will be going to a burning hell and the Holy Ghost will tug on you. And you say, but I ain't no evangelist. Yes, you are at that moment. And he'll give you the words that you need. The Holy Spirit will bring to all remembrance everything you need to remember at that moment. Scripture that you forgot about. Scripture you didn't even know. Scripture you never read. Just start flowing up out of you and you begin to minister to people that bow down and say, Lord Jesus, I need to get my life right. I need to get saved. Why? Because God used the gift on the inside of you. You, you. That grace as a pastor, you may never grace the pulpit or a platform of a church. Or grab a microphone, but God will use you to pastor people. Because <laughs> that's the grace. And people call you, I got some issues and problems. Why are you always calling me? Because God is using you to pastor people. That's the greater grace. Now watch, in, on, on the inside of you, there are a greater grace on certain areas. So you may flow heavily apostolically. You may hold, uh, flow heavily as a prophet or heavily as an evangelist. Why? Because that's the grace, the greater grace on that particular gift. Not an office, not a title. And the church has now become title tossers. <laughs> we tossing titles on everybody. Oh, I saw you as a prophet. Hey, prophetess, you are not a prophet. Now people are trying to live up to which you have placed upon them. And that's where you get in trouble. You remember the seven sons of Sceva? They went out there and they tried to do the work and the enemies <laughs> whooped their tail and left them running naked. <laughs> Paul I know, Jesus I know, but who are you? Boop, 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 boop. They ran off naked. You know why? Because they were trying to be something that they weren't called to be. It's a gift. Somebody shouts a gift. So what's the purpose of the church? The purpose of the church is to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all, somebody shout all of us. Somebody shout all means all. That's including you. Say that's including you. Until we all reach the unity of faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Oh, God. They got a whole lot of immature people in the body of Christ. And the purpose of the church is to mature you. That's why you got to come to church. Not for the loud music. Not for the dynamic praise and worship. Not for your pastor, your apostle. You need to come to church so you can be matured. You got to come to be matured. That's the purpose. So that we can become mature and reach the unity, obtaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Two duty, duties of the church. Number one, we have to represent. Tell your neighbor, this is your assignment. You have to represent the church. You have to represent 
the church. That is your assignment. Your other assignment is to represent. You have to represent, live your life like you have been called, set apart, like you are the ecclesia. Yeah. You have to act as though you are the church and represent and live your life like you're the church. And then the second part is you have to represent. In other words, you got to share the gospel. That which has been given to you, you got to share with others. That is the assignment of the church. That is the duties of the church. It is you have to represent and represent to the body. Because what you consume will fill you. Oh, God. So when the church, when you're full of the church, some of us are full of some stuff. Tell your neighbor you're full of it. Full of the wrong things. What you consume will fill you. I'm going to give you this one last thing. I'm done. I'm done. Because we're out of time, and I'll give you the rest for Bible study. There were two trees in the garden. Y'all remember? There was the tree of knowledge, of good, and, and there was the tree of life. They could eat of which tree and which one they couldn't. They could eat of the tree of life as much as they want in abundance. Right? But the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he said, you could not eat of that tree. Don't eat of that tree. Why? Because he said, I don't want you to be filled with the knowledge of good and evil. I don't want you to consume this because if you get consumed of this, it's going to fill you up. So now the body of Christ has been filled, watch, with the knowledge of good and evil. That's why the church, somebody shout the church. That's why it's the church's job is to mature you so you can make the right decision between what is good and what is evil. That's why you need to be in the church and be the church. Why? Because it's in the church that you're mature enough to discern and to disciple what is good and what is evil. Because you have been filled with what is good and what is evil. And if you don't know how to discern between what is good and what is evil, you're going to choose evil all day long because evil satisfies your flesh. And it's the church assignment is to equip you and to mature you so that you will know what to do when you're supposed to do it. To mature you so that you would know what is right and what is wrong. The tree of life and the tree of knowledge. The purpose of the church is, number one, to encourage you, to equip you and to evangelize. So when you come to the church, you're now equipped. You're encouraged. What's the encouragement? I know you made some mistakes. I know you've been walking in darkness. I know you've had some stumbles, some strongholds and some vices. Paul said, he said this, the things that I want to do, I find myself not doing. The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Paul Essentially, we're saying this. I make some mistakes just like y'all. Bible says we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So here's the encouragement. When you come into the church, Paul also said, uh, had it not been for the grace of God, there go I. So in other words, that I've made some mistakes, but because of God's grace, I get to be where I am today. So here's the encouragement. I once too were like you. And if God can do it in my life. Surely he can do it in yours. I I know you messed up, but I messed up too. 
But it's the grace of God that has me where I am today, where I am today. That's the encouragement. So when you come into the body, the Bible, the Bible says this, that forsake not the assembly of the believer. You know what that word assembly? It is a Greek word. The connotation of that is to stimulate one another. So that when you sit next to your neighbor, you're stimulating them because they know the hell that you've been through. But you're in the house of God, lifting your hands and you giving God glory. They know the hell that you have caused them, the lives of others. But you're in church, lifting your hands and giving God. And listen, watch. You're encouraging your neighbor. They know the life you used to live. But they see the life you're living now. That's encouragement. That's encouragement. But not only that, God not only wants you to be encouraged, but he wants you to be equipped so that you can have all the tools that you need to live this life that he is leading you to live. To be equipped so that you can be mature enough to handle some things. And then lastly, he wants you to evangelize, to spread this message not to hold on to what he has given you, but to freely give it to others to evangelize. Would you bow your heads with me on this morning? I believe that somebody is in the house today. The enemy has come and brought condemnation and guilt upon your mind, in your heart, your soul, and your spirit. The enemy has placed your old life before you, and that's all that you see is the old you, the tent, the temporary you. The old you. God is calling you to a higher place and higher heights today. He's calling you to a tabernacle state. Where you don't put down your Christianity or your walk with God on Monday morning just to impress your friends or your co-workers. You walk out and you live out what God has called you to. God is calling you from being a temporary to a permanent state. If you're here this morning... The pardon of your sins, you have not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. This moment is for you. God has designated this mark, this time on the calendar, eternal calendar for you today to respond to that which you call. How long will you waver between two opinions? How long? Joshua said, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to make a decision today. I'm going to make a decision. That's you today in the pardon of your sins. Or, or maybe you're backslidden. You've done some things wrong, but today you want to get it right. You made some mistakes. It's okay. He's calling you back home today as well. If that's you today, would you lift your hand? Backslidden, coming back to the Lord, making a decision. If that's you today, lift your hand, lift it high. We're looking around all over, waiting to accept you. Anyone today? I see you. Any others today? Made some mistakes, but today you're getting it right. Any others? Any others? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Can we all stand to our feet on today? All standing. For, for the sake of time, I see we're positioning ourselves for communion today. We're going to hand communion out in the foyer on your way out. So as you're departing, make sure you get your communion elements. It is actually something you can do on yourself, on your own. You don't have to wait. Amen. Hallelujah. To come to the house of the Lord to receive. Amen. So this morning as we depart, I'm going to ask that you depart from the left and the right doors. I'm going to speak a blessing over your life. Hallelujah. Can we get the communion on the sides? I'm sorry. We said on, in the foyer, but the communion is going to be to the side doors. 
Malaika, we need them at the side doors. Amen. Sorry for that. Father, now in the name of Jesus, as we depart from this place, never depart from your presence. I pray, God, that everyone that departs from here walk in great dominion, power, and authority of that which you have given them. That the stronghold of the enemy has been broken off of their lives. That they're walking in great power in the name of Jesus. That they have, Lord God, what is needed to face the cares of life. Every decision that will come their way, God. They have the Holy Spirit to lead God and direct them. They have been equipped and matured in the faith. They are sharing the love that you have given them abroad to others. Father, we bless them. We thank them. We thank you, God. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Somebody shout amen. Amen. If you're here for the first, second, or even third time, I would love to meet you, greet you, and shake your hand. I'll be to your right, your left, with the sanctuary. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.